Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Sunday to you. Good morning. Good morning. This is the first day show on 93 WIBC. It's the second hour, by the way. Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Good morning, Terry Lynn. Hi, Denny Paul. Life's good. Life is good. I know there's a lot of news out there. We'll keep you up to date. Uh, I promise you. Um, Kylan Talley's here producing the show. Good morning. Can I just say it is the first day? <laughs> it is the first day. We went through it's that discussion last week, and I'm glad it. that this is going to be the first day. It Not is. the you know last what? day, the first day. Bridget helped out in our discussion. Bridget Jones, she messaged us on our Facebook page, First Day with Terry Stacy. You can add into the conversation, just message us, and we'll happily join along. So she said, First Day is the name used by Quakers, members of the Society of Friends, to denote Sunday. Quakers didn't like the names of the week because they were derived from pagan gods. So, first day was Sunday, second day was Monday, third day, Tuesday, you know. And Indiana has a huge amount of Friends churches, and historically the Quakers have heavily influenced Hoosier culture. So, she says, whether you realize it or not, first day is appropriate for Sunday. I love it. Based on the Quaker practice. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks Thank you, listening. Bridget. Thank you, Barbara Pride, who also listens each Sunday, and she's been listening to us since she actually since I was still at my desk job. So no. she's been listening for a long, long time. Wow. And oh. So happy to have you with us, Barbara, uh, and everybody else that is uh, tuning in, and maybe even for the first time. We're going to be here for the next hour. You get your, you will get your political fix at noon with Fox News Sunday. How much do you care about the Grammy Awards? Not at all. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm ready for some good performances. Well, let me tell you this. The number one song on the day you were born is often referred to as your life's theme song. Really? Now, for me, the number one song when I was born was the Duke of Earl. <laughs> Denny, what was your what's your Wait birthday? a minute. I think I was in high school when they came out with the Duke. Duke well, I Duke, was born Duke of Earl. on February 13th. Uh, I was born in 52. Wait a minute. What year? Our day? Uh, Month. June, June 11, 1952. June so, 11. So Hold you're going to look that up. 11. All right. I guess apparently here's mine. So the number one song here. I'm going to age myself. I'm quite young. November 21st, 1999. Smooth by Santana. Oh, that's a oh good one. That's a good one. Oh, that's you, so, oh that's I've got so, socks I don't, older ooh, than I don't you, even Kylan. know what You don't? It oh, it's, it's no. sexy. Okay. Well, okay. That sounds like a good song. See? Oh, oh, this is it. This yeah. is it. That's no your song. Kidding. That's oh. your song. I no have a wonder good you song. are the way Oh, you I am are. taking it. Yeah, yeah that's oh. that's supposed to be truly your attitude. life's theme song is smooth compared to my Duke of Earl and Denny's was Leroy Anderson's Blue Tango. Can you find that? <laughs> This is your life oh, song, golly. Denny. Blue Tango. Oh, my goodness. Leroy Anderson. Is this it? Uh, Leroy Anderson wrote <laughs> Trumpeter's or Bugler's Paradise or Bugler's uh, Holiday. There it is. <laughs> this was number one when you were born. This checks out. <laughs> Look up Leroy Anderson, the typewriter song. He wrote the typewriter song. You remember they used to perform that? No, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Ding. 
but... Uh, Jenny, this explains so much about you. Bugler's holiday. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, uh, well. All right. I'm anyway, humbled. I think that's interesting. I'm humbled. The 65th Annual Grammy Awards, 8 o'clock on CBS tonight. And if you're looking for something fun to do today and you love dogs, the Indie Winter Classic Dog is happening at the fairgrounds. Just 7 bucks to get in. Over 150 breeds have been competing, including a new recognized breed called the Moody. It's a medium-sized herding dog from Hungary. Bless its heart. Wow. So today is best in show. And speaking of dogs, the new Netflix docuseries called Gunther's Millions, about a German shepherd that inherited millions of dollars. After his owner's death, I spoke to a local estate lawyer about the process of leaving money for your oh, four-legged oh, family come member. Come on, please don't do this, people. <laughs> oh, come on. No. I love my little chomper. Yeah, See? but you're not. Okay. Aww. Well, well, I I think it'll be interesting to hear the story of what all's involved because it's got to be a trust. There's got to be a trustee. You're right, Denny. You should have done the interview. You got to do. No, I like it when you do the interviews. Well, but. I I probably didn't ask all the right questions. All I could think about was, well, I don't have any money to leave to the dog. I have a heartbreaking story. You know the young man who lost his life when the airplane went down that 34 foxtrot whiskey the Cirrus they yes. just announced i've flown in that plane i took lessons in that plane it is a wonderful aircraft and it has a parachute i don't understand why he didn't pull the parachute i i'm waiting to hear the rest of the story from the faa but it is a great aircraft mm. and my heart just broke when i heard that he lost his life but anyway i just found out this morning that it was the same airplane i trained in mm. Sad story. It is a sad story, Danny. Thank you. Dar- no, I'm sorry, I brought it no, down. No, no, just... it's okay. It's a roller coaster ride. It's a roller Up coaster and down ride. And you know what? True. Something a little bit happier. What? Jim Irwin. Little shout out to you. You just followed our page. Thanks for listening. Yay, Jim. Right, you know what? Jimmy. While you're there at our Facebook page, message us what your song is. What your theme song from your birthday? From your birthday. Oh, I want to know. Okay. All right. Terry's well, yours was Duke of Earl. <laughs> I put, danced put to that. that. One up. I, I think I danced to that. Listen to, to this that. one, Kylan. This will take you back. I think because I danced again, to that remember, in this is when school. I was born. I didn't really dance to this. Denny, I really I thought you were just singing the whole time. Oh, no. I can remember uh, holding uh, Connie Boswell fairly close dancing to this. <laughs> this sounds so old, but I am. Can you have a tux like him? <laughs> I like the this song, too. Are you watching the video? Isn't it cool? I want to learn dance moves like that. Listen, I've heard so many songs brought back for commercials that are playing on television these days. You know, they're using these old retro songs that I just love that bring back a lot of memories. You know, so you know somebody's liking the old classic music. Good for them. Because they're using it in television commercials. This is my theme song for my life. <laughs> Oh, dear. It is 11-12. Coming up, guys, a story that took place in Muncie about the planned attack on an Islamic center that didn't happen because of the love and understanding of the community just inside those doors. It was made into a documentary called Stranger at the Gate. Kylan knows this one very well. I do. Just received an Oscar nomination. I'm so proud of that. It's pretty cool. And uh, Bibi Baran is the founder of the the, uh, Islamic Center of Muncie, a person in this docu, this story was based on, and we'll talk to her next on 93 WIBC.
Welcome back to the first day. 93 WIBC, Terry Stacy, Kylan Talley, and Denny Smith. On February 24th, the Heartland Film Festival's Indiana Spotlight short film, Stranger at the Gate, received an Oscar nomination for Best Documentary Short. It received its Oscar qualifications at Indie Shorts by winning the Grand Prize for Documentary and also won the Indiana Spotlight Award. It is a powerful, powerful story about a former Marine with PTSD who planned to attack and kill Muslims in Indiana until an unexpected encounter. And joining us now is Bibi Barami. She's the founder of the Islamic Center of Muncie, where that story took place. Bibi, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, very nice to meet you, it's too. Stranger at the Gate, the documentary directed and produced by Joshua Seftel. And when Josh Seftel contacted you, Bibi, as the president of the Islamic Center of Muncie, and the idea of this short film, did you have to think about it for a while before you said, yes, let's do it? Uh, when Josh Seftel contacted me, I, on October 20th, in 2020, uh, I was, uh, my heart stopped under the surgery. They could not complete the surgery. Then I was in coma for like six days. Oh, and my goodness. When he contacted me, that was November of 2020. The next month, I'm on a high steroid medication and uh, recovering from coma while he contacted me. My son was Hans Zaki, who is in the documentary, taking care of me. And uh, I was, first I said, like, you know, I, I don't watch news as after nine. 11 it was hurting me a lot and I decided to do something about it instead of just cry about it I started my nonprofit organization which is Awaken and who is this guy contacting me from New York <laughs> <laughs> this guy he wants to interview and the story had happened in 2009 and then I said okay let's set a time and I'll talk to you about it. I give him time and we talk about it detail. When he shared his story, it was touching my heart. Uh-huh. That's why he would like to share the story. I say, oh, that's my husband and I in our community have been working hard since after 9-11 to make a better understanding among humanity. Uh-huh. I sacrificed more than 50% of my time for that in my community. That's why then I say, okay. I prayed about it. I said, come over. I'm going to help you even though I'm sick. And then my son said, he can help me too. And give him the place in the Islamic Center. They came. They stay over for a week. They interview some other members in the community. I gave him contact. And we facilitated. We work out. And that's what I was able to welcome him. And uh, he worked extremely hard to stay here and interview with everyone. He's an amazing human being, just of tough. After the film was done, after it was done and it then went on to be shown at some of the festivals, did it change your life a little bit? It, did it change anything once that film was out there for everybody to see? One of the big, uh, I was always I'm a believer in uh, this community, this country. We know we have weaknesses in every country. We have some misunderstanding everywhere. But it, the way it, I was always I have inspired by the opportunity, my community, my volunteerism, my organization has been supported by the last 20-some years. Generously, how gracious these people are. I say I'm proud of the United States of America who is making impact. Then this film made my inspiration, my gratitude even more. 
so thankful for those people who who like the message yeah. and who wants to help our country to make it a better place. With the, every day you hear this shooting, unfortunately, it hurts you. If we can prevent one shooting, one person at the time, learn and get this message, that's all a matter. One person at a time. Stranger at the Gate, if you have not seen it, it tells the story of how former United States Marine Richard McKinney, suffering from PTSD when he got back home, he plots a terrorist attack on the Islamic Center of Muncie. But the attack doesn't happen because he meets you and he meets your husband and he meets some of your community. How quickly were you able to de-escalate that situation on that day in 2009? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Terry. We were blessed. Uh, he had come the first time to the center to have a proof for his uh, daughter and uh, the rest of the people what he had planned to do just to come that he will be immediately attack or say something to him uh, negatively that who are you what are you doing here but instead he received the welcome he received the kindness and he received the respect hmm. And then my husband is a doctor. I mean, we know this culture, like, you know, this man is a doctor, like, and then he's sitting down with him. He's a very caring doctor, loving doctor. Sometimes I tease him, you love your patient more than me. He, he's a hugging, caring person, and then comforting this guy, and understood that he, he was not well, or he had some, it was a concern, yeah. and just tried to comfort him and respected him. And the same thing when I saw him, the same thing I did too, welcome him with respect and kindness and if there's anything we can do uh, please let us know and that was the first uh, reaction then obviously this uh, rumor of his plane was growing in the community and i was contacted by some community members they know as a leader we want you to pay attention to this i know you're very busy but this is our concern and some member even were like concerned not coming to the center and because he keeps coming but anyway make it short that's when i invited him over to my house for dinner and i do this a lot when i see like some misunderstanding or some conflict it happens we all have those in yeah. humanity i just invited him over i said share the meal then i can talk about it and we're sitting at the table after the dinner he enjoyed the food and then those people who had the greatest concern I invited those people too so they can hear it firsthand and that's the time when I asked him that brother Richard <laughs> were you and I call him Richard and Mac his name changed I said were you this is what I heard is that true and that's like he put his head down and embarrassed but he said yeah this is uh, true but meeting people how I come to you and how I come to the center that's what made my mind change. He just needed love he just needed the love and to conquer that fear and that hate and that's how absolutely. powerful love is right? Yeah absolutely as my even my son mentioned that I think he was looking for something bigger he that he was respected then we give him the leadership we got i got him involved i was mentoring you know helping you know say i will do the work but you become involved stand outside the center then he became our <laughs> later i mean of course it took step by step he became our what do you call it, security guard uh, oh. When I had event, when I had event, I would tell him, to, uh, Brother Mac, can you go to the center and uh, welcome everybody? See how then I got when I got him involved, the whole the, the Muslim community 
got so much comfortable with him too and they, I love him like you know just he's coming regularly he's service he's providing services he's standing outside whether it's wow. cold or warm that's, that, that's how the whole thing got concluded just such an amazing story and Mac as you call him he's part of your everyday life I think you cooked for him for his wedding yeah he yes he did come to Islam again that's because we gave him the Quran so he can read and understand obviously that you know he got touched his heart and understood. so that was of course his own decision between him and God yeah he did come to religion he's involved he gives sermon two weeks ago at Islamic Center Friday we usually take turns and I told them I said I think it's good for you to keep up like you know they have those PTSD or they need to have that love and that connection and that relationship and respect and that has to continue uh, and we I try to continue helping him with that and he gives sermon and he's involved that's uh, how in the monthly dinner that he comes and he presented in the dinners you know he's been he's been involved joining us this morning is Bibi Barami she is the founder of the Islamic Center of Muncie she is also one of the subjects of this film that is an award winner but also been nominated now for an Oscar for anyone that hasn't seen the film yet is there anything you want them to know about this story stranger at the gate uh, I would like uh, people to say this is on YouTube as many people as we can I know a lot of the teachers throughout the United States are sharing with their students for education and for better understanding also I want people to know when they see a different color different look not to be judgmental and not to have assumption and just respect them as human and there's nothing they can do they can at least smile Stranger at the Gate receiving an Oscar nomination for Best Documentary Short Film. Congratulations and wishing you and all involved with the film the best of luck. Thank uh, you I, so much, Terry. Oh, my goodness. Blessed and keep me in your prayers. I appreciate it. You're sharing this good message with others. Thank you. I'm proud Hoosier. You're Thank a you. proud Hoosier. Yes. <laughs> a total of 12 films honored by Heartland Film were nominated for 39 Academy Awards, which is scheduled for Sunday, March 12th. To find out where you can watch Stranger at the Gate, go to strangerathegate.com. It is 11.28 right now. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley. We're going to do some trending stories Let's going into your news. Ready, Denny Paul? I'm ready. Let's go. The Professional Bowlers Association Tour with the 2023 U.S. Open, presented <laughs> by Go Bowling, is finishing up today. And why I bring that up, if you haven't heard of it, it's the it's at the Royal Pin Woodland over up on 96th Street. Yeah, it's a cool place. It is cool. And even cooler, the Los Angeles Dodgers all-star, Mookie, Mookie Betts, competed. And, Mookie Betts? Yes, yeah, he competed at the Open and then made a visit to Indianapolis. All in the same. That's pretty awesome. Pretty Today's cool. the last day. Yes, it is. People Similarly, there, there is that, that group of that love the bowling. Mm-hmm. And it's, these are awesome professional bowlers. So anyway, out of Woodland. Got yes, it. and okay. similarly, you mentioned earlier, just a reminder, the Winter Classic Dog Show is finishing up today, and then Super Bowl is one week away, so start making your plans now if you haven't already. And then my final trending story for you is Maryland state lawmakers are introducing a bill that would incentivize companies to switch to a four-day work week, allowing oh. employees to work 32 hours instead of 40 without losing any pay or benefits. How can that happen? How, How do they work? legislate stuff like that? So Kai? the way they've made it work out so far, the bill, uh, the four-day work week act of 2023, that's House Bill 181, 
would create a two-year pilot program to gauge whether the perk should become an option under state law, and participating businesses would then get an income tax break. That's what they have laid out so far. How about the state just stay the hell out and let the companies work through Wait it with their minute. employees? Hold, you're right. All right, you're all right, all right. Hold, right. Your, hold your horses. Yeah. Remember, remember. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 50th anniversary to, to Schoolhouse Rock. I see what you did there. <laughs> She's so Sucked good. Sucked me into a fight. And a, yeah. They are holding hearings on the bill later this month. I like it. I have to admit, I think imagine, it's because enjoy life. imagine working only 32 hours. I mean, I'm only part-time right now, but 32 hours? Of course, this would come when I'm not full-time anymore. Employee in the, I'm sorry, up to the employee and the employer. It truly is and should be, but I like it. I mean, you got to admit, 32 hours, Kylan, when you love it? You should go enjoy life. You shouldn't have to be working all nice the time. Balance. But I hope you also enjoy where you work because that's not fair <laughs> to that you or true. the people you work with. That is true. Gunther's Millions. This is a very rich German shepherd. He was in, he inherited a lot of money. It's a Netflix docuseries that it's uh, just started last week. And we're going to talk to a local estate lawyer that will tell us how to do this. If you want to leave money, can you leave money legally? to your pet here in Indiana. We'll talk about that next. Fox News Stories, up next on 93 WIBC. Ninety-three WIBC. It is Terry Stacy. Well, there is a new four-part Netflix docu-series titled Gunther's Millions. It began on Wednesday. This is a German Shepherd that reportedly inherited somewhere between four hundred and five hundred million dollars from a wealthy German countess in the early nineteen nineties. Well, this story story went that the countess had lost her twenty-eight-year-old son to suicide, and having no other humans in the world, she left this vast fortune to a dog. Gunther III is said to be or was to be the richest pet in the world and he lived the life. So we thought this was an interesting topic and joining us now to talk about how to leave an inheritance to a pet, if you even really can legally, is an attorney with BB&C Law Firm. Cecilia Nyhouse Harper is our guest. Cecilia, how are you? I am wonderful today. How are you? We're doing fine. And you know, when I first heard this story, I thought, oh my gosh, that's got to be rare. But the more I looked into it, it's not so rare at all that somebody left their their fortune to a dog or a cat. It is rare in the sense that we don't do a whole lot of them, but it's something that is certainly it's, it's a new concept, especially here in Indiana. But it's not quite caught on yet. Sometimes those new trends take a minute, especially in estate planning, to take hold. Um, and it is going to be for a certain level of clientele. So it's a little... It's a little interesting in that it's been around for several years, and it's a really, really awesome way to provide for a pet, uh, but we don't generally find them common in all of our estate plans, but it's certainly an option when you're talking to folks and they've got loved ones in the form of furry pets. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a topic of conversation is, is what are we going to do you know, about your pet? Yeah, you know, and that's what it is. It's about providing for them, making sure that they, after you're gone, that they still have security and a life and, and food and care. And so you're telling me that it is 
legal in Indiana to leave an inheritance to a pet? 110%, yes. And we actually have some statutes um, that our legislature enacted, again, around starting in the, the mid-2000s. And so it's, gonna, it's not been around for very long. It's still relatively new when you look at the span of the law. The law moves rather slowly, and it's, sometimes it's a little bit even slower to be adapted. But it is an option for those pet owners who really want to make sure going above and beyond, uh, you know, just leaving it to a trusted friend or family member that they really want to provide for that animal. We certainly have that great capability here in Indiana. Is the process, Cecilia, if we want to leave money for our pets to be cared for, is the process much just like leaving the amount in a will? Well, we generally would say you could do that. You could say, you know, I when I live, leave my dog or my cat or my animal. Um, generally, those are classified as items of personal property. You could certainly leave that to a trusted friend or family member with the hope, the wish, and the desire that they will then take care of your animal. And for most people, that will work because they have those family members that they certainly trust. Uh, and we're not talking about, you know, maybe a, a, a real high-priced animal, but someone that they certainly care about. And so generally, folks will, will at least mention their, their pet in that way. You know, maybe their horses, oh. uh, maybe their cattle. It doesn't always have to be the little furry guys you think of. It's you know, some I've you know certainly had some folks that are feel very, very strongly about their um, their equine, their horses, and yeah. that's very that's very important to them. So, um, yeah, so we could leave it in a will in sort of an informal sort of a setting. But the the problem with 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 kind of leaving it to a friend or a family member with the hope, the wish, and the desire is that you're not creating any kind of affirmative duty or action for that family member. So they could, you know, they could say, well, that was your wish, but I wasn't able to fulfill it. That's generally what people do because they do have faith and trust and confidence in their friends and family members. But in the example that you earlier talked about with the um, German shepherd who was given millions, as an estate planning attorney, I would certainly not uh, give your hope, faith, and wishes (laughs) to someone to care for your dog and, and not take, you know, those millions of dollars and you want to make sure that that would present an opportunity for someone to, you know, maybe take advantage of that situation. And so in that in that instance, you certainly would want to bind your representative with an, a trust document or something more formal. The representative that you are designating for your, your animal has a duty, has an affirmative duty that they then have to take care of the animal in these ways and be very specific about that because you're talking about a lot of money. This is Cecilia Nyhauser-Harper. She is an estate attorney, BB&C law firm. Hereforlife.com is the website. You, you mentioned the word trust, a pet trust. Are there other alternatives to a pet trust? You're talking about leaving a significant amount of money to care for the pet and the pet's descendants. Then you want to start looking at kind of binding those folks so that they're not just taking the money and and running because you know a lot of money does does funny things to people sometimes yeah. and they may have the best of intentions but money and and greed can do can do crazy things to people the third option that most people don't think of and it's a really interesting one is that sometimes different universities for instance Purdue University um, I believe they still have it they had a program 
it was some kind of an exchange for if you lease a certain endowment to Purdue and our veterinary association, and I, I may not be speaking of this exactly correctly, but it was something along the lines of you leave some money to them, they will help care for your animal and make sure it's been cared for correctly. And when you pass away, the remainder of those funds goes to that institution. And so I thought that was a really interesting kind of middle ground. Um, and again, I'm not sure I'm reiterating all of those facts precisely about Purdue's program. Yeah. Um, but it, it's something very similar. And so that kind of gives you a, a middle place to land. If you know, if you want a little bit more security than just you know giving that. Um, that pet to your friend or a family member, but you're also probably not realistically in the bracket of creating a, a large pet trust, then you, there's a middle ground there for those folks as well. Very good. Do you have any questions about the Indiana Pet Trust statute? You can certainly contact Cecilia Nyhauser Harper, and she is at hereforlife.com. That's our tagline that um, Bennett, Benny, and Clary, BB&C for short, we're here for life. Meaning we can help you with all kinds of legal issues from adoptions to things that happen in the middle of your life to ending and getting a, a state plan and executing your estate. So we're here for life. Cecilia, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, now I can run to the bathroom. It's 1144. You're listening to the first day on 93 WIBC. It breaks my heart. They ain't believing us. We the best music. They play themselves. Why you hating and being jealous? You could be over here embracing that love. More love, more blessings, more life. God did. You either win with us or you watch us win. DJ Khaled. It's one of the Grammy nominations. God did by DJ Khaled. 11:49. On the first day, Terry Stacy, Kylan Talley, along with Denny Paul Smith. Speaking of the Grammys, which is tonight, by the way, Denny's favorite Bad Bunny will be performing. <gasps> Ooh. Bad Bunny? <laughs> I'm a little Bow Wow guy. Oh, well, then I think you'll like Bad Bunny. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll turn it on. I really don't know who oh, Bad you, Bunny is. How do you feel oh, about Snoop no? Dogg going okay. into well, the Hall here you go. Here you go. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Wait, oh, is this Bad Bunny? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. <laughs> Should have been closer I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but that's your Very bad fun bunny. to watch on cons- like on the stage though. See, she'll, she'll keep us cool, Dan. She'll keep us cool. I was never a cool kid in high school. I bet you I were a cool we girl. No, I, was, I wasn't really cool. I will say this. I bet you weren't a mean girl. I bet you no, were a No, I nice wasn't kid. a mean girl. Yeah. Um, tonight, the Grammy performers and those that are presenters, they all get a Grammy gift bag, which is worth $60,000. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> Excuse me? $10,000 in Botox. Oh, good <laughs> Fillers <Lord>. and chemical <laughs> peels. Uh, a Bugaboo Luxury Stroller worth $1,300. They all get one of those, plus a Cliff Bar. Uh, prenatal Vitamins. <laughs> There's a theme going on here. A stroller, <laughs> prenatal vitamins. Um, they also get a voucher for liposuction with Art Lipo, Lipo Plastic Surgery. Red Vines Licorice. They get a Cake Pop Baking Kit. Chilean Wines. A pre-drinking supplement. <laughs> A personal transformation session, 
a toy Nerf gun, scrunchies. What are scrunchies? Scrunchies are like you Here you go. Look, ponytail. Look. Oh, okay. That's a scrunchie. Okay. I had it in my Probably. hair. That's a ponytail <laughs> Probably holder. a very expensive one. Yeah. A deck of cards to help focus on creating your positive energy. Pick a card, any card. That's it. And a whole lot more. $60,000, according to the company that puts them together. How big is the bag? The bag itself is probably worth $10,000. Oh, my gosh. So, that's what they get tonight, in case you, you care. But that's it's always I interesting. I feel like I just fell off the turnip truck. I just got mean? the... T- I mean, just came in from the country, and they start talking about $60,000 pizzazz bags. Goodie bags, way. right, that they get. Oh, Kylan, do you have a question? No, we just have five minutes left oh. with these lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand up know. as a good producer. And I never know, know what, what's happening um, there. You know what? I do have a mention, though. <laughs> Please, Kylan. Terry Miller. Not Terry Stacy, but we still love you, Terry Miller. Thank she you. reached out to our Facebook page, First Day with Terry Stacy, and she said her birthday song, the number one song in 1958, was oh. Volaire. Volaire. Oh, Volaire. Oh, this is a good one. Was it Dean Martin or who was singing? No artist was mentioned, so I'm going to guess this. This is Dean. Is this Dino? Sounds like it. It is. This is a great song. We mentioned earlier to find out what your your kind of life theme as we talked about the Grammys. It's the day you were born. What was the number one song? Denny's was like a blue tango. (laughs) (laughs) I know who Leroy Anderson was, but not blue tango. Mine was the Duke of Earl. (laughs) Mine was smooth. I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't know about you. I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) She's 22 people. Yeah, 20, 22. Uh, okay, but Kylan, tell me again, what time do I go? Five more minutes, four more minutes, maybe? Yeah, the, there's some new research that shows that Hoosiers are leaving Indiana in increasing numbers. Have you heard about this? I've heard that about California, oh. but... But here, this is what surprises me. This is according to Atlas Van Lines. They kind of they kind of watch what's happening and where people are, people are moving in their annual migration pattern study. Uh, people are leaving Indianapolis, and... It's very interesting because we grew. Indiana actually grew in population, according to the census, by an estimated 19,500 people. But it looks like that probably the most interesting thing that happened in the last couple of years is that Indiana is second only to Illinois in terms of states that people are leaving. Oh, my gosh. All right. So did they say where they're going? It's because of our taxes. All right. So they're going to Tennessee. They're going uh, to Florida and and Texas. Really? Those are all very low tax states. They're choosing Florida or Texas for better weather and a lower income tax. I could handle the better weather after after January. In 2022, last year, Indiana had a 59% outbound rate compared to 41% inbound. So that means statistically... 59 out of 100 are moving out, 41 out of 100 are coming in. I think that's what that would mean. Yikes. If we go to 30, what do we say, 34-hour work weeks, 32, something like that? 32. 32. Mm-hmm. That might might bring them in. She sucked me in the first time. I'm not getting into this argument again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Let's hear another song, Kylan. Oh, can I share a different one? Please. Oh. Okay, so we mentioned the little, what day is actually the first day, Sunday or Monday? So instead, we have this that I found. It's on social media. So... This post said, my niece wants to know if she donates her hair to Locks of Love and the recipient of her hair commits a crime and and leaves hair at the crime scene, will her DNA be found all over the crime scene and thus incriminate her? (gasps) 
Wow. Well, now that's a great She's question. 12. No, wait a minute. So if what? you get locks of love, locks of love are they're turned into like hair hair wigs, Extensions right? Wigs. Into wigs. Mm-hmm. So DNA color. can't come from Well, no, now wait a minute. Right? The DNA will still be question. on the DNA that would be from hair. the hair. It it really would. What a question. It doesn't necessarily question. come out of your head. I always wondered about identical twins. I don't know if you heard the story about the mono mono twins that they didn't think they were gonna make it, but yeah. they did. But they were identical twins. Do they have identical DNA? I would think that they would have to. They came yeah. from the same sperm and the same egg and then they, they separated uh, early on into two zygotes, so I would have to believe that their DNA would be the same. That's an interesting question, Kylan. Are you getting yeah. ready to donate your hair, Kai? You know, I've thought about it before, but I love my hair way too much. Okay. Maybe someday. Everybody needs to really study about where some of the hair goes when you donate hair. Because most hair, I understand, doesn't qualify, isn't the quality that is necessary for a locks of love or for something else. So, Or it's another organization. So I, I've been told by hair uh, stylists just to be careful where you're sending your hair. Chip Gaines from Fixer Up or let his hair grow long, and I kept going, Chip, cut your hair, and uh, he it finally he finally got it. Yeah, he he did locks of love. Oh. Well, you know what that means, Dan. Time what to a go. fun Sunday. Gotta say goodbye to you, Gors. We gotta say goodbye. Have a good Kylan, week, ladies. Great job today. Oh, Denny, thank great you. job today, and a good job to you, Terry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good week. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for joining us this morning. Fox News is coming up next after the news on 93 WIBC.